Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. I hope that you are doing great because I have a joyful expectation that you're doing great. I I have a hope in the unseen because the scripture says, though our outward man perish, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. So your inward man, despite your outward man, is renewed. I have an anticipation, a good anticipation, that you are being changed into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. So no no matter what you think about your condition, you are being trained, you are being transformed into the image of Jesus. And I would say that's good. Life is good. It's all good. It's all going to turn out good because of the process that God is taking you through. Hallelujah. Now, you're already a new creature in Christ Jesus. You are already born again. But how many of you know your mind needs to be renewed? How many of you know your flesh sometimes needs to be brought under control? I was out for a walk the other day, and uh, I was thinking of the news. I should never think of the news. Because I just got so angry. Hallelujah. And I thought, Lord, I need, uh, I need anger management. <laughs> but bless God. I want to talk a little. We're still on hope. Now, I don't know if this, <laughs> you know, there was a movie called Hope Floats. I'm sure all the women know exactly about it. Well, I never could figure out the title, but I kind of think I have an inkling. If hope floats, if you're in hope, you're not going to sink. Yeah. Hallelujah. So we've been talking about hope, and the, the church and the world has criticized it and made it look like it's uh, impotent, like there's no value to it. But the reality is there's great value in hope. And I want to say something also. You, uh, You are more than conquerors. You are successful. You are victorious. And the Lord told me this morning to tell you to stop comparing yourselves to other people because you are keeping yourself under by comparing yourself to others and thinking, well, I'm not as victorious as them. I'm not as much as an overcomer as them. You don't know what they are. You have no clue. There are some people you think they're sitting on top, top of the world, just rolling along. That's too old for some. That is too old. That's even too old for me. But bless God, you look at people and you think they are on top. They need help. 
You know, as pastors, we see things we can't talk about. We can't tell you about. But there are some people that look like they got it. They got it under control. They've got, they look successful, but man, they are hurting. They need Jesus as much as anybody. So stop comparing yourself. Don't look at where somebody lives. You know, it didn't matter where I lived. I could be happy. I was happy in my uh, 14 by 70 mobile home. Hallelujah. It was nice. What about our crooked apartment? Well, that's a little more. (laughs) We had an apartment in Elizabethville. Is that the one? No, the one in Hoos Springs. Oh, that one. I mean, we lived in, we lived, uh, first so many years of our marriage, we moved 14 times. Hallelujah. How many? First seven years. First seven years, we moved 14 times. That's twice a year, man. Reuben just moved his business this week, so he's, he's fresh with that moving stuff. Moving. <clears throat> yeah, we lived, in a, we lived in a house. We locked the door, and if the wind blew, the wind would blow the door open. And it was locked, so that's a crooked house. We lived, uh, we lived in uh, a, a place in Rife. Uh, you know, Melody, I, I think about it. It, it was great, but uh, Melody wasn't that happy there. Yeah, I was. You were, but you almost had a nervous breakdown. But oh, that wasn't because of the house. That wasn't because of the house, so. <laughs> I was looking at pictures of her. And, man, she looked bad. <laughs> anyway, wasn't that she looked bad. Yeah. You see it in her eyes. I can see it in your eyes. Anyway, but she's over that. Hallelujah. Huh? House does not make you happy. Bless God. We lived in a place in Elizabethville. That was challenging, but we were still happy. We were still happy. Hallelujah. So don't compare yourself. I mean, if I was comparing myself with other people, I could be, I could think, well, I'm not much of, I could, I'm a failure. You know, here I've been in the ministry for what? 40 years? 38, 39 years. And this is the size of church I got? I've seen some people get, they're in the ministry for six months and they got a thousand people. Well, well, wait, let me finish. But our ministry is not just in this church. Our ministry is around the world. And God spoke to me one time and he said, your, menace, your, your church is the world. So you, got, you can just set up your pulpit wherever you're at. Hallelujah. And bless God, of course, what I concur with Debbie, you are the cream of the crop. The tip of the top, the cream of the crop. Anyway, praise the Lord. Where was I going with this? I want to, um, you know, it's funny. Every, it seems like every week they pick a song that fits, you know. And I'm saying, hey, man, they got it. But the first song, I can't remember the exact words, but it talked about opening the prison doors. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to give you something, not at this particular moment. We're talking about hope, and we want to look at hope in the proper setting. Again, it is hope is 
favorable and confident expectation. Are you hopeful for your future? Well, I'm just a hoping so, Pastor. That's not the hope I'm talking about. I'm a hoping and a praying. No, you're not hoping. That's not the hope I'm talking about. I'm talking about you are confident that what is going to happen in your life is going to turn out for good. All things work together for good to those that love God and to those that are called according to, your, to his purpose. Now, another thing I, I want to correct is sometimes when people hear that, yeah, God's putting me through all this stuff so that all things will work together for my good. <laughs> that's, not, that's not what my Bible says. I remember uh, Joel preached, um, Pastor Joel preached, <laughs> and he used the scripture of James. James chapter 1 used to be, I used to preach that all the time. I just loved it. It says, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Do you know that uh, brethren can be deceived? Turn to somebody and say, and ask, are you deceived? The thing about deception is you don't know if you're deceived or not because it's deceiving. <laughs> That's what's bad about deception. You might think you're in the truth, but you're deceived. So James says, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above, comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And so uh, I want to I look at a verse, in, two verses in, in Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10, and verse, uh, starting with verse 12, he says, Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I came because of your words. The very first, he, he had been praying and fasting for 21 days. So this angel shows up and says, the very first day you started praying, God heard it, and I was dispatched. Well, why did it take him 21 days? Reminds me of a song. <laughs> but then along came John, do, 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 do. Tall, thin John, do, 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 do. slow walking John, slow talking John. So, <laughs> so that, that, uh, that angel must have been John. He was slow walking and slow talking. No, that's not the reason. The next verse tells us. It says, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. So he was in a fight for 21 days. Now, Daniel could have given up. But see, Daniel was a part of that fight in his prayer and his fasting. He was in the fight with the angel. He says, he says, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the king of Persia. This is not a physical king. This is a spiritual demonic entity that was keeping Daniel's prayers 
from being answered. So some people say, you know, I've heard this before. It just makes me so. If you think this way, fine. I don't. Well, God answers all prayers. Yes, no, and wait a while. <laughs> of course, if you're praying unscripturally, of course the answer will be no. But the scripture says that if we pray according to the will of God, he hears us and he answers us all the time. All the time. Well, why isn't it happen? Maybe there's a prince. Maybe there's something that tried to block the way. Are you cooperating with heaven? Just a thought. Daniel was cooperating with heaven. He was praying and fasting. Oh, pastor, we don't need to fast anymore because that's Old Testament. That's funny. Jesus said, after I'm gone, my disciples will fast. Just a thought. <laughs> Hallelujah. I used to fat, fast. Yeah, I used to fat too. <laughs> and I only do it now if God tells me. Thank you, Lord. And if he does, I don't say, get thee behind me, Satan. So, so again, he says that there was a prince that withstood him. And, you know, we sang this song this morning about, um, about the prison doors. And I want to read to you from a scripture in um, Isaiah, chapter 14. And this is a particular scripture that describes Satan. It says, how are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? Some people think God is tearing the place up. God's judgment, tearing people up, tearing up nations. He goes on to say, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high God. He wasn't saying I want to be like God. He's saying I want to replace God. I want to be God. I want to dethrone God. I want to put myself above. You say, how could he do that? People are doing it all the time. They reject him. They deny him. They're putting themselves above. Hallelujah. But that's none of you, right? Respond to me. Talk to me. <laughs> Talk to me. Because if you're real quiet, I'm thinking they're not getting it. So I have to keep repeating so I think they get it. And then when I think, if somebody say, amen, hallelujah, well, they got it. I can go on. So if you want to get out of here before four, come on. <laughs> you say, you'd be preaching by yourself. <laughs> he says, he says, yet you shall be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. And they will narrowly look at you 
and consider saying, is this the man that made the earth to tremble and did shake kingdoms? So who's it saying shaking the kingdom? God, God's just judging every, God's just judging everything. No, it says the enemy, it says Lucifer is trying to destroy. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Verse 17, that made the world a wilderness and destroyed cities thereof that opened not the house of his prisoners. Did you get that? That opened not. He's got prisoners that he won't let up. He won't open the doors, but that's what you're for because Jesus came to set the captives free. And you his hands, you his feet, and you his mouth. Because he's not here anymore. Well, he is here. But, because Lena's going to tell me after church, yeah, he is. <laughs> but you are his representative. You are the one. You told me. You, you told me one time. Because I said, the, Jesus isn't here anymore. The Holy Spirit's here. And then she jumped me after church. Because <laughs> she's leaping Lena. So... <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, I love you, Lena. Always have your, your blessing. Hallelujah. So I get that out of the way. That way I won't have to go through 20 minutes. <laughs> anyway, where are we at? Oh, yeah. And we're, we're familiar with the scripture in uh, Luke. <clears throat> I shouldn't say that because I got jumped for that, too. Not everybody's familiar with John 3, 16, because I used to say, oh, you all know that. And then somebody jumped me and said, not everybody knows that. It's true. But in Luke chapter 4, the scripture says in verse 1 that Jesus was filled with the Spirit, and he was led into the wilderness. But I want you to notice later on in verse 14, it says, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. You know, you can, be filled, you can be filled with the Spirit, but not have the power. There's more. Turn to somebody and say, there's more. You want more? All right. And then he goes to preach in his own hometown. I remember the Lord called me, and uh, when I was leaving Bible school, man, I, you know, I had an offer to go to Texas. But the Lord spoke to me and said, um, I want you to go back to Kansas City. And he told me this particular church. Actually, I was driving by the church, and I'm still in Bible school. And the Lord said, you're going to be the next pastor of that church. And I'm thinking, yeah, right. Yeah, right. I was. <laughs> Not real long, but I was. <laughs> So I said, Lord, don't you know? You have to inform God sometimes. He, he's, he's the ancient of days and he forgets sometimes. <laughs> so he said, I want you to go back to your hometown. I want you to go to this. And, he, and I said, Lord, don't you know that 
Jesus was not received in his own hometown. And then he said, yes, but he went, didn't he? (laughs) So hallelujah. Don't ever argue with God. You're never going to win. You can try it. It's, you know. But anyway, and so he's back at his hometown. Verse 18, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why is the spirit of the Lord upon you? Let me ask you a question. Do you have the spirit? Why is the spirit of the Lord upon you? Because he has anointed you. Do you know that you are anointed? You are anointed to do what Jesus did. Not to go to the cross. You're not going to pay for sins. You might bear your cross, but you're not going to go to the cross. To preach the gospel or the good news to the poor. What kind of gospel are you preaching? What kind of gospel are you demonstrating? What kind of gospel are you believing? Because what you believe is going to affect your face. Whoops, did I say that? What kind of gospel is going to affect how you live? What kind of gospel you believe is is going to affect how you are communicating to others? And you communicate by word, by deed, and by spirit. Your spirit is communicating even when your mouth is shut. What kind of gospel? Is it a good news gospel or God's going to get you gospel? God going to get you. Man, he could have got us a long time ago if he wanted to. He says he has sent me to break people's hearts. He has sent me to break them down so that I can build them back up. No, the scripture says he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives. uh, and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed. In other words, Jesus here is doing the reverse of what is talked about of Satan in Isaiah chapter 12. Satan won't let his prisoners go, but Jesus came to set the captive free and you are anointed to carry on his work. The first person you might need to set free is the one that's between your ears. Just a thought. Who, me, brother? (laughs) Man, I was just thinking yesterday, I need help. (laughs) Are you a pastor? You're telling us you need help? We all need help. Bless God. But Jesus came to set the captive free. One lady told me one time, because I tell, I tell all, most all. <laughs> There's some things way back we're just going to keep buried. Yeah, way, way back. Anyway, um, so she told me, she said, Pastor, we don't want you to tell those stories. Why? She says, because we like our pastor perfect. I said, well, you're in the wrong church. (laughs) 
the thing that set me free, because I was in churches where, you know, there was a persona that the pastor was just, holy, 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 pastor is so holy. But I went to a church when I was in Tulsa, and the pastor was telling stories on himself. <laughs> the one I'll never forget. He went to brush his hair one time. You know how you brush your hair? His daughter ducked. <laughs> oh, wow. He's telling stories on himself. He wasn't saying all you evil sinners out there. He was talking about himself. But hallelujah, God is able to take. The Bible says that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And Paul said, I'm the chief one. The apostle Paul is the chief. He said, I'm the chief sinner. You know, Jesus can't save you if you're not a sinner. If you can't acknowledge that you need help, then God can't help you. But we try to look perfect. I gave up on that a long time ago. <laughs> I gave up on trying to be the man of faith and power. It just put me under so much pressure. I am what I am by the grace of God. I am what I am by the grace of God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, I'll even get to my sermon today. My message, I'm sorry. My message. See, there's a difference. You make a sermon, you, uh, but a message is something you repeat from God. That's why, yeah, I have to, but I have to train myself. I have to train myself. But I want to talk about this morning is that, is that hope will affect your emotional and physical health. Yeah. Hope will affect your emotional and physical health. Now, we know that God revealed himself as Jehovah Rapha. And the definition of Jehovah Rapha is, I am the Lord that heals you. Didn't say I'm the God that makes you sick. I'm the God that gives you cancer. I'm the God that gives you tuberculosis. I'm the God that gives you arthritis. No, he says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Yes, yes. Now, the reason, one of the reasons why I really like to preach on this and talk about this is because I was raised in a family where I don't remember my mother being well a day in my life. And I had a sister that when she was like 17 or 18, she got lupus. And then, you know, she got the Lord healer of the lupus, but there were other complications. So I didn't, you know, and I, and I remember my mother used to witness, bless her heart. I asked her one time, this is just to show you the level of her knowledge, and I'm not making fun of her. But I said, Mom, why, why can't the Jews eat, eat pork? 
She says, well, don't you know that Jesus cast out those demons and they went in the pork? But we were still eating bacon and pork chops. I tell you, that's what we were doing. So uh, anyway, that was, uh, that was her answer. <laughs> but you know, once I, went to, once I started reading my Bible, then I started figuring things out. But she would witness, and I remember because she, she had rheumatoid arthritis. I mean, her hands were gnarled and crippled. Her, you know, she had rheumatoid arthritis in all her joints. She had hip replacements, knee replacements, and that sort of thing. So I remember uh, my, her brothers would come over to visit her, and she'd bring up about Jesus. And they'd say, well, if God's so good, why did he do that to you? You know. And, you know, she, I don't remember her response, but, you know, it always go back to John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. So I've never been a friend of sickness. I've never believed that God puts sickness on people to teach them a lesson. You know, if, if sickness helps you to uh, learn so much, why don't the uh, teachers just put a little uh, flu on every kid that comes through the door? No, when they get the flu, they send them home. <laughs> why? Because they're not receiving. We're not learning. I mean, you can learn. I had to go to jail one night. <laughs> I learned. I learned that the Spirit of the Lord was with me. Because when I was laying there, they didn't have a mattress on the bed. It was just a steel slab. Uh, The Holy Spirit's prison ministry. I was laying there, and I, you know, my first thought was, Dad's going to kill me. You know? But then the Spirit of the Lord just came on me, and I felt freer than I'd ever felt before, and I'm still behind bars wasn't anything major. I mean, you know, it was just a $100 fine. You want to know what it's for? <laughs> well, in Missouri, you have to be 21 to drink. So I was going in the Navy. I was 18 years old. And one of my friends that was AWOL from the Navy, I went over to see him to find out how the Navy was. <laughs> Well, I didn't know that they had been uh, partying every night. And so the neighbors were getting upset. And so when I got there, what they do? They hand me a beer, you know. So then all of a sudden, these cars just converged. <laughs> didn't even get to finish it. <laughs> I'm glad because I didn't even like the taste of beer. Yeah, just a thought. So this is uh, confession time. <laughs> Why do people come to hear Pastor Steve? Because they love the word. No, they like to hear his sins he talks about. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we're, oh yeah, we're talking about hope and proofs. <laughs> Emotional, see the merry heart does good like a medicine. I just have to. I shouldn't be talking in front of your daughter like that, should I? It's all good. good. Okay. 
you know, I'm not suggesting that we live like that. I'm just telling you what, you know, what, you know, the Lord has really delivered me from a lot of stuff. Some of it you'll never even know. No, yeah. Stay tuned. Same time, same channel. <laughs> anyway, again, Proverbs 13, verse 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Well, we've already been talking about how God is not the one that's putting it on us. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Now, why, you know, God is into healing hearts. The enemy is into making hearts sick. Yeah. I want to read to you a, a scripture from Luke chapter 21, verse 26. It says, men's hearts will be failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Wow. There's something that stuck out to me here, but I want to read it again. It says, men's hearts failing them for fear. That's not just talking about the physical pump. It could be. But it's talking about the inner man. Mm -hmm. Talking about the inner man. I remember uh, reading a story, and I just read it the other day from another source about this a uh, young man that was uh, going into this fraternity house at a college. So they took, they blindfolded him, they tied him up, and they took him out to a railroad yard. And they laid him across an abandoned railroad track. It wasn't in use anymore. But it was close to ones that were active. And so this train coat goes by real close, and they're just, the, the guys that brought him out, they were just laughing, carrying on, and they got to him, and he was dead. It was fear that stopped his heart. Men's hearts failing them for fear. Do you know that a lot of drowning victims don't have any water in their lungs? They're dying of fear. Men's hearts failing them for fear. And that's why God, God has said over 365 times, one for every day of the year, fear not. Fear not. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you in trouble. I will deliver you and I will honor you. God has not given you a spirit of didn't hear any. I, I know maybe my ear was bad. God has not given us a spirit of what? Fear. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a power. You're a powerful person. Well, I don't look like a powerful person, Pastor. You don't know what you look like in the eyes of God. You are a powerful person. In the eyes of God, you know that if you realized who you were, the devil would be running from you instead of camping out on your shoulder. God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love. Well, what about love? Love never fails. And perfect love cast out fear. 
You might as well join in too if you think of some other scriptures. <laughs> My wife's always helping me out, but that's, that's always good. It's always good. Like I forgot that scripture. But, <laughs> but a power and of love and of a sound mind. The sound mind is the heart that is not, that is not sick because of deferment. Now, we talked about hope deferred makes the heart sick. Well, defer means to put off. To put off. And it's funny that in the, uh, in the, in the Webster's Dictionary, I've got a two, a two big Webster's Dictionaries, two of them. Not two step, but two to make one. Volume one and volume two, exactly. But you know, it also had a word in there called deferrer. And deferrer is somebody that defers. In other words, somebody that defers your blessing, somebody that puts off your blessing. Some, so what did, the, what did the prince of Persia try to do but to put off the answer that God gave right away? So let me ask you a question. Are you blaming God for delayed provision? Are you blaming God for delayed affirmation? Are you blaming God for delayed validation? God's got a whole book here of validating you, and he's not put it off. He validated you before you were born. Yeah. And just to say it again, the gospel, Christianity, is not something new. Christianity was thought of by God before the foundations of the world because Jesus Christ was slain before the foundations of the world. So everything else, even Judaism, is new religion compared to Christianity. Why? Because Jesus, in Christianity, Christ was slain for you to forgive you of your sins and rose again from the dead to justify you. But Jesus was crucified before the foundations of the world. So it's not new. It's not, it's not a new religion. Everything else is. So hallelujah. And it says men's hearts failing them for fear and the expectation of those things that are coming. What are you expecting to come? Your heart will, not just your physical pump, but the inner man will fail. And when your inner man fails, you give up. You give up. What's the use of trying? Do, 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 do. All you get is pain. Do, 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 do. When I needed sunshine, I got rain. <laughs> then I saw your face. Now I'm a believer. <laughs> Not a trace of doubt in my mind. Do, 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 do. I'm in love. I'm a believer. I couldn't leave you if I tried. In case you don't re remember them, that was the monkeys. They couldn't even play. 
there was just a TV show called The Monkees. Somebody else was playing it, but they just ad-libbed like they did. Anyway, it's a good song if you convert it to Christianity. It's all right, too, if you're singing it to your beautiful wife. So, no, it's not very romantic, but it got the point across. When I needed, see, what's your expectation? When you needed sunshine, you know, that's the way a lot of Christians believe. When I need sunshine, I get rain. Hee-haw theology. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. We just, that's, that's the way a lot of Christians are, but we've got to break that cycle of thinking that God is depriving us, that God is holding back, and we need to realize that it is the deferrer, and we have given, been given power, love, and of a sound mind to stop the lies of the enemy. Yes. He can't hurt you, but he can deceive you. And so the sound mind stops him from deceiving you. I want to tell you this. This is, uh, this is something preachers preach all the time, and, I, and, I, and I've done it, but I figured you should have got it by now. But uh, you need to read your Bible and pray in the Spirit. You need to read your Bible. And pray in the Spirit. Amen. Because God will talk to you. So I want to go to, uh, oh, where was that at? It's in Romans. I'll let you know what chapter in a few minutes. Hallelujah. I was just reading through Romans, and I just saw, that, wow, man, he talks about hope in Romans. How about that? Thank you, Jesus. Oop, I'm in Corinthians. That doesn't help. I'm sure it would help, but... Thank you, Lord Jesus. My pages must be sticking together. Come on, where are you at? So, I'm in Corinthians. No wonder I can't find it. Okay, quit hiding. Thank you, Jesus. Now I'll hear this. She'll say, you should have had that written down. Okay. In chapter 12, he tells us, this is a command, he says, rejoicing in hope. Are you rejoicing in hope? Are you rejoicing in joyful anticipation of the good that's going to come to you? Okay, and then over in chapter 15, there's other ones in there, but man, this was really good. 15 verse 13, now may the God of hope, God of hope, joyful anticipation of good. So he's not... He's not pulling it back so that you can get hopeful. I'm going to give it, nah. I'm going to give it, nah. 
This is one of the sins I have. I get brought up all from my kids. You know, I'm a contemplator. And so I can think of something, but change my mind right away. So I'd say, let's go get a movie. And they get all excited. Yay! I say, nah. <laughs> but it wasn't, I wasn't trying to do it on purpose, Aaron. I wasn't doing it on purpose. I wasn't. I know. <laughs> but I'm a contemplator, so I had a better idea that came up. <laughs> Surely... Surely your, sins will Surely your sins will find you out. <laughs> anyway. It says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. By the power of the Holy Spirit. So... One of the reasons we are not hopeful, that's why I said we need to pray, read the Bible, pray in the Spirit, because the Holy Spirit will empower your hope. Yeah. I remember years ago, just hearing, uh, because there was a period of time where the body of Christ, uh, the faith people, were talking about the love message. Anybody remember the love message? Just a couple of us. But anyway, all the faith preachers uh, started talking about love. And so I would work on love. I hated working on love, but <laughs> it was, you know, you, you do things to be nice to people, and then they would still treat you like dirt. You know, you just, so you need the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why grace is not just uh, grace is not just uh, what they used to call grace. What? Not, not greasy grace. I'm talking, what did, how did they used to define grace? God's unmerited favor. Okay. That is true, but that's not all the truth. Because if you read the Bible in the New Testament, grace is God's divine enablement. God's power, God's God's ability so that you can love. I tried to love. Man, it's hard to love without the Holy Ghost. That is true. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But see, I didn't quote the whole verse. The whole verse is, and hope maketh not ashamed because... The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost to give us the love, and we, got, and we are also activated in being able to hope, to have a joyful expectation of good coming. You know, some people, you know, they try to witness. You know, I'll tell you a story. Is that Okay. Anybody, there was, a, there was a minister years ago by the name of Ken Gobb. He was kind of a Christian comedian slash, pre, slash preacher. And he, wrote, and he wrote a book called God's Got Your Number. Man, it's powerful. He had a traveling ministry. He was, travel, <laughs> he was traveling on a bus, and they pulled off 
to eat at a restaurant, and he just happened to, back in the day, pull beside a phone booth. Anybody remember what a phone booth? Okay. He pulled beside a phone booth, and everybody else went in, and he started going, and he heard that phone ring, and he uh, thought, well, I'll answer it. Said, and the phone said, is this Ken Gobb? <laughs> now, he's thinking, you know, they're pulling a trick on me. But no, God gave somebody the number for them to contact Ken Gobb. So God's really more intricately involved in your life than you might think. But anyway, the story I'm telling you about Ken Gobb is this. Well, I can keep this for another time. Hallelujah. <laughs> Ken, you know, if you tell stories, people, you know, you don't have, you don't have to preach. You just... <laughs> Some people like the stories better anyway. But as long as they fit with your message. But Ken Gobb was in a hotel room. And he hears a knock on the door. So he goes to the door. He opens it up. And anybody remember Fuller Brush Salesman's? And the guy said, uh, didn't look too happy. He said, um, you wouldn't want to buy a brush, would you? <laughs> he said, no, I don't think so. So he shut the door. Then the Holy Spirit hit him. He swung open the door. He grabbed the guy. He jerked him into the thing. He grabbed his brushes and went outside. <laughs> Ken Gobb's knocking on the door. Someone's knocking at the door. <laughs> anyway. So the Fuller Brush salesman opens the door. And he says, hey, man, I've got a brush for you. This brush will do this and this and this. And, and you need this brush. Do you want to buy this brush? Yeah. <laughs> he, the Fuller Brush salesman was ready to buy the brush. You know, a lot of us Christians, we're going around, you wouldn't want to have Jesus, would you? You want Jesus because, you know, he, he wants to teach you a lesson. <laughs> wants to put you in the hospital to teach you a lesson. <laughs> he wants, you know, and, and I, you know, I know you can learn in the hospital, <laughs> but you can learn at home, too. Right. They, that's why they call it homeschooling. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you can uh, choose which way you want to learn. Hallelujah. <laughs> I learned in the hospital, don't eat that stuff I'm not supposed to. That's what I learned. Of course, I still, you know, but <laughs> not as bad. You wouldn't want to accept Jesus, would you? I don't think so. What's our expectation? What's our hope? What's our joyful anticipation? What are we expecting? 
men's hearts failing them for fear because of the expectation of things that are coming on the earth. What is your expectation? Sometimes you're not just expecting. Most of us aren't expecting, you know, the, you know, our conscious thought isn't the end of the world. I mean, some could be. But some of you are just expecting bad. Your hope isn't floating. Your hope needs to get your hope up. You need to get your hope up. Get your hope up down there. I'm just making that up. That's not a song. Get your hope up. Get your hope up. You know, and I, and I do this for a reason. Because you'll remember that. It's true. It's true. I remember I sang a Beatles song one time. And the lady said, don't ever do that again. I said, why? She says, because I've been singing it for two weeks. I don't want you to remember the song. I want you to remember the point of the song. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, did I preached myself happy. I don't know about you. But Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus right now, we just decree, Lord God, that your people are vessels of joy, of vessels of power, vessels of, of life in the name of Jesus. Lord God, even as the song declared today, Lord God, that people are going to be, they're going to be filled with new wine. Yes. Amen. Lord, fill me. I was, I was sure glad that the song didn't say, make me new wine. You know how they make wine? They crush the grapes. <laughs> But it didn't say that. And Jesus said, Jesus talked about us being wineskins that would be filled with new wine. Amen. He's the one that did the suffering. Yes. We're the ones that get filled with the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. So right now, Father, I just decree in the name of Jesus, I see your people yes. as powerful. I see your people yes. as as those that are productive in the kingdom. I see your people as kingdom builders. Lord God, they're not, uh, they are not distracted, Lord God, by what might come, but they are attracted to what you have declared, that they are going to be taken care of, that they're going to be filled with the Spirit, they're, they're going to be filled with power, that they're going to be, they are filled with power, they are filled with life, they do have overcoming minds that cannot be deceived. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Do we have the healing team today?